Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode and Ministry of Supply. I am one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Avian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, tech columnist Andy Nako. Hello. And app developer Russell Ivanovich. Woohoo! I hope everyone had a good week. I celebrated my grandma's 89th birthday, and she had a piñata and a taco cart, so that was pretty fun. Uh, but I was showing off all, all my cousins about Google Photos, and they were all like, "Oh, you have the Pixel? Let me see." So I was showing off the Pixel, uh, and we're but we were showing off like the cool things that Google Photo can do. And I was like, "You know, I'm going to show you that it can search for like faces, it can search for objects." And I was like showing them the power of it. And I, and I was telling them that I didn't tag any of these photos, that Google just automatically did that. And they were just blown away. And so then we were started playing a game where it was, okay, let's just search for random words and see if Yasmin has ever taken a picture of it. So, f- of course, we started with beer. And I had plenty of pictures of those. Uh, tacos. They, I have taken pictures of tacos for, I guess, Taco Tuesday celebration. But the one that uh, tripped me up, my husband's like, uh, banana. And I was like, I've never taken a picture of a banana. So I, I opened up the Google Photos app, you know, we were searching, and I typed in banana, and guess what appeared? A picture. <laughs> a picture, okay, so it's not an actual picture of banana, so I know that I haven't taken a picture of banana, but it is a picture at a coffee shop that I took and there happens to be a banana like in the picture at the bottom, and it's not even, I don't know if you can see it here. It's not even <laughs> oh. like the full. It's not like even the a, full banana. It's not the full it's banana. Just the it's just like the, 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 the top bit of it. And I was good. I was like, oh my goodness, that is just wild. So there you go. Google Photos is amazing. And it kind of creeped everyone out because they were like, that's not even a picture of a full banana. That's just like the top of a banana that happened to be in the picture. So Go have fun with Google Photos and search for things you may not you may not know what you have. Uh, there is one neat thing about Google Photos, uh, and I don't know if anyone else has realized this. You know how with a Android 7.0, you can long press on an icon, and then you can it opens up different actions, kind of like uh, iOS's uh, what do they call it the magic 3D touch 3D touch magic touch 3D touch well there's <laughs> there's one that if you do that for the Google Photos one it's I'm feeling lucky and it will just randomly enter a search term for you so right now it just uh, search for Thanksgiving for me and I'm seeing all the Thanksgiving pictures throughout the years so Anyways, Google Photos is super fun because you kind of forget about some stuff that you did and you're like, oh, that was a, a, a fun time. Oh, the, the other scary button is clear space. I don't know what that does. I'm feeling lucky. Mine's are just for <laughs> Glenelg, Gasmin, which is where I spent New Year's Eve. It knows. Oh, okay. Mm. I haven't had the guts to really try the, hey, would you like to reclaim 4.1 gigabytes of space by deleting photos that have already been backed up? And I trust it, and I know it works, and I've, I know I'm paying for backup the full-size, actual, original photos. I've seen them on photos.google.com, and even then I'm like, uh, why don't I just – thank you for the offer. Why don't I just tether via USB and then copy them manually onto a folder on my uh, – so I'm, I'm not quite there yet. But I got, I got you got like, to embrace the future. You got to embrace the future. <laughs> I got, I'll embrace it. I'll embrace it with my photos intact. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, do, I do have one quick sort of holiday story for you guys. Uh, my brother came over with his MacBook Air and it was broken. He's just like, I don't know what happened. Like we had a few power surges and things. It was on 
And then I tried to shut it down and it just would never turn on again. And I did everything I could. I, you know, there's a force reboot, there's a take out the battery, there's a press all the magical buttons. None of it brought his laptop back to life. And then you can kind of see him looking sheepishly. And I'm like, well, what is it? And he's like, uh, is there any way to get all my photos off there? And I'm like, please tell me you've used some kind of backup service. And he's like, yeah, no, not really. So for everyone out there, I don't care if it's Google Photos, Apple Photos, whatever your photos backup thing of choice is mine's google photos it's amazing but please please back up your photos it's not that hard you just install this thing it auto syncs them up even if that's not your primary source even if you prefer looking at them on your laptop and you know you love looking at your photos there please back them up somewhere else because one day your laptop or your desktop will die these things happen and then you have no photos and then how will you know that you took a picture of a banana in a coffee shop (laughs) exactly that's the moral of the story really i'm just glad that worked out that, yeah. that could that could have gone very bad. Oh my goodness! I, I was thinking I, that I, I was like hanging back, it, right? that there was going to be a uh, really bad ending to that story. I, I, uh, I, I will say, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get back to. It. I just want I just wanted to pass along the my my own like photo related like magic show sort of story where we're uh, me and some friends were hanging out on the sidewalk outside uh, a restaurant waiting for the other friend to like you know finish whatever he was doing to pay for the bill or whatever and, and come back out and there was like some flags hanging out like we're in Chinatown in Boston we did not we knew the we kind of knew what flag was hanging but we didn't know which one it was and I'm about to like do like a Google I bet it's an Asian flag of some sort I was about to do a, like you know hey Shlomo uh, give me show me pictures of like Asian and flags that I remembered. Oh, wait! The new version of the of the camera app is actually integrated with uh, uh, with now on tap. So uh, the live, the actual live image of the camera app, like the actual photo camera app. If you hold down on <laughs> on the on the apps button uh, to get now on tap, it will take a look at whatever you're shooting at and try to figure out what it is. And it immediately told me, if, "Oh, that's the flag of Thailand." And I remembered this person saying. Wait a minute. What did what did that do? Like, oh no, it's just the built-in camera app. You just if there's something you can. Put, as a matter of fact, and then I turned around and pointed it at the menu and it translated it from whatever language that was into English. And I think I sold him uh, an Android phone. Just tell him not to get the Pixel because if it has Google Assistant built in, then now on tap is not as robust, and that won't be an option. Uh, that's how do, you, how do you even get that to trigger? So I'm in the camera so, app right now. So uh, I'm the okay, button. hit the home button, hold down on it, and it'll trigger. And then the, I get the assistant. And the, yeah, you get the assistant, but you got to swipe up, and that brings you to now on tap um. results. But it's not as robust as the old now on tap, which is actually a big uh, a big bummer that I found because. It still has "quote unquote" now on tap built in uh, with via the Google Assistant, but it really is not as robust as the now on tap was uh, before the Google Assistant. So it's kind of a uh, it's kind of pretty annoying because there was a lot of features that now on tap did that I actually really loved, and so they kind of taken that away with the Google Assistant. So you were able to get it, you got something to work. Yeah, I tried it just then, and uh, it tells me it knows Skype. It doesn't know you or Andy, though, so you okay. must not be famous. So, I, oh, yeah. well, Andy so I, held, I, held, I held it up to the barcode of this bottle, and it told me that this is a Diet Dr. Pepper 20 uh, fluid ounce bottle. And what phone oh. are you using? Uh, the Nexus 5X. The Nexus 5X, yes. Yeah, so you don't have the Google Assistant built in, so you, you still have the powerful now on tap. It's, what happens uh, if I tap on shopping? Can I buy Dr. Pepper 20 Floor that Floor Ounces bottle? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, don't yeah, do it, Andy. I don't intend to it. find out. <laughs> yeah, don't be like, Alexa, buy a, just kidding, not going to buy any, make anyone buy anything on accident. Um, yeah, I, 
yeah, that's one of my one of my pet peeves of the Google Assistant. It's like it what it has gained in some ways, it still has lost a lot of power that was now on tap in Google search. So hopefully it will even out sometime in the future. I don't know. Doubtful. But things that are getting better, Russell, you have an update for us for the Google Wi-Fi. Last episode we recorded, your Google Wi-Fi was, uh, I don't know if it was acting up or maybe user error. <laughs> oh, yes, mean. I see what you're implying here, Google fan. Google couldn't have made a mistake. No, so last week, for those that listened, uh, I had literally just plugged in my Google Wi-Fi mere hours before recording. I don't have a way to get Ethernet to my current office, so don't write in and say I should have been on Ethernet. It's just not possible, like at my home office. And I was having all sorts of issues. Like there was massive amounts of lag, which, you know, it's my home internet as well. But then I set my my main computer to be the priority device and things got way worse. And I thought, either Google has screwed this up horrendously. I've, I've done something wrong. So I thought... Before I accuse Google, I'm going to do a Google. And so I went to, you know, my friend, the internet, the, the Google search box, and I typed some things in. And then I realized I'd made uh, a really obvious mistake that probably most people <laughs> wouldn't know about anyway, is that I had my router doing all the routing. So that's, that's what routers do. That's what they're built for. And then I had the Google Wi-Fi doing its own set of routing. And apparently those two were fighting with each other. So, oh. you know, they had one set of addresses and the Google Wi-Fi had another set of addresses. And apparently setting the priority device on the Google Wi-Fi only made things worse because the other router's like, yeah, I don't, I don't recognize any of those settings. So... I found a setting in my Netgear modem which says, you know, act as a modem only. I turned that on and then magically all my Wi-Fi problems went away. It was like magic. And suddenly uh, the latency went down a little bit, not not sort of significantly, but the big thing that's changed is the priority device thing actually works now. So I, I tested this out with my kids. I got them to both to jump on their laptops. I'm like, you know, do, do stuff on the internet, do what you're doing the other day. I set my PC to be the priority device. And lo and behold, I did actually get priority internet. Like my internet at home is slow, so I didn't get a lot of priority internet, but you could tell it was actually making a difference. Whereas before, I'm pretty sure it was actually making it worse. And so that's my one bit of advice to everybody. The most logical thing to do with the Google Wi-Fi is to plug it into the back of your router. What, that's what they tell you to do with it. <laughs> I don't know how many people know to go into their router and then turn off all the routing bits. That's, that's quite complicated. So, so if you just allow Google Wi-Fi to do its job... It works good. I'm glad you figured that out because that, that would have been pretty like, you know, the, the worst thing you can get is like a slow internet because when the internet is just down, like it's upsetting, but you're kind of like take a breather and like walk away or get on your phone or something. But when the internet is slow, that's when you're sitting there like waiting patiently for something to load. Hopefully it will kickstart, but uh, I'm glad you, you uh, figured that out. Hopefully. Hopefully it will keep steady. One, one last quick thing. I do want to put in my petition again for I really want the schedule, schedulable pause times. Like you can go in there and you can pause a bunch of devices. Great. You know, you've named them and you can turn all the kids stuff off like the mean parent that you are. But you can't schedule it. It would be amazing to just be able to turn that stuff off all night and just be like from 7.30 to 7.30 just doesn't run. Forget about it. If I was a product manager on there, I'd give that to you, Russell. That's a good, that's oh, a good feature. Thanks, Yasmin. Finally, but I got I'm something not. from Yasmin. But Ooh. I'm not, so I'm sorry. I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I've been doing some more research into Google Wi-Fi. Um, mine's been working pretty well. It did kind of throw it throw a bit of a tizzy until I unplugged like the uh, the, the 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 unit that was actually plugged into uh, via cable uh, and restarted everything. Uh, it's 
good. It's not. It, apparently, there are some emerging emerging standards for mesh that it doesn't support as cleanly as some other alter, uh, more expensive alternatives do. Uh, it does some kind of weird things regarding DHCP, which has to do with assigning addresses to new devices on the network. Not things that make it into a bad setup, but things that. That with my with my understanding of networking, which is I'm 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 such an expert on networking, I know which of two different engineers I'm going to call when I don't understand something. Uh, that there's hopefully things that will be patched or improved in the next three or four months. So if you're having problems with Google Wi-Fi, it's certainly not because the fundamental design is incorrect, but some maybe because some implementations of some standards are not as ironclad as they should be, and that those are easy to fix. I'm still happy, as I said, I did I did have to what one unit for some reason dropped off the network and I had to I couldn't just reset that one. I had to go I had to go downstairs and go into my office and see it's it's cold here in New England and my office is too cold to really live in so I really have like a, the cold weather bunker in my bedroom which is the only room that is really supremely heated so I had to actually put on like the wool socks and like the fuzzy slippers to make it down to my office to actually reset that piece of hardware but once I did it worked fine. You know, you know one thing that uh, will never will never stop for you. That is Linode. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your projects that you can set up in just seconds. They have easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resources in Linux Distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans start at just $10 a month for 2 gigs of Linux server in the Linode cloud. Linode has over 400,000 customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. You can email them, call them, uh, even chat over IRC in the Linode community. If you help them, Linode, ours, if you need help, Linode's going to be there for you. They have comprehensive guides and support documentation to teach you everything you need to know for setting up and managing your virtual servers. They also have a control panel, which is uh, nicely designed with the focus and ease and simplicity. It allows you to deploy, bloot, resize, and clone in just a few clicks. They even after two-factor authentication to keep you safe, which is super, super important. And they have the full package of your server infrastructure needs. They have the power you require as well as the infrastructure and assistance you need. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com forward slash material, you'll not only be supporting us, but you also get $20 toward any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com forward slash material to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of the $20 credit, or use the promo code material2017 at checkout. Thank you so much, Linode, for supporting this show and all of RelayFM. Now, Yasmin, Russell, and I were talking uh, while you're reading that ad. I think we both really need to know what was the design of the pinata uh, at your grandmother's party. Whether it was like a star or burrow, burrow or like Steve Buscemi or what. Also, just a, a rider question. I want to be invited to your next grandma's birthday because she sounds awesome. My grandma sounds like great food. My grandma is pretty awesome. She actually had like a Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse at Disney party, and so her pinata was like the. <laughs> was the had like three of those like spikes you know on those like pinatas you've seen it but it right. had mickey mouse on it and it was pretty awesome because i have video of her hitting a pinata she's like in a wheelchair hitting her pinata and it was <laughs> awesome and the, they even had uh like mickey mouse hats that they made so they had like mickey mouse hats and Minnie mouse like the bows like really sparkly <laughs> it was such a fun it was such a fun party um <laughs> it, it we we had a, we had loads of fun and there was a taco cart which 
was awesome, which was probably the best thing. So yeah, you know, next year, feel free to come to my Nana's, uh, my Nana's party. You know, they will, my aunts will probably spoil you because uh, they spoil my husband and I'm getting kind of jealous because I'm like, hey, I want some empanadas too, but they're always like, every time he comes <laughs> over, they, they show him where like the secret hidden empanadas are. So we got you covered. If you hang out with us, we'll, we'll let you know where all the treats were. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it, was a, it was a fun party. Pinatas are awesome. We love them. I, I grew up with Italian aunt, so I, I I know that you you're whatever whatever uh, whatever an ethnic aunt wants you to do, it's going to happen. If particularly if it involves food, <laughs> eat, yep, eat. Yep. You look eat. hungry. You ate half an exactly. hour. Eat more. Are you hungry? No. You don't like the, the food. It's already like you don't like the, the food. Yeah. You eat the food. <laughs> I, I love the food. It's great. I'm just gonna keep stuffing myself. See, Thanks. but but like, all right, all right. I know we're going on a tangent here, but I was always taught to just be like, if someone, like for me, it was always if so, someone's usually offering you something out of uh, not meaning to be rude. So like, you may not want to actually share something with someone, but you're like, hey, do you want some? Because it's just rude to like eat in front of them. And so like, I don't know. And maybe it's just my mom taught me. It was always like, you know, no, like be be courteous they're probably just being kind but my husband did not grow up that way so if they <laughs> offer him something he's like oh sure sweet and i'm like honey you can't you can't just say yes to everything so next thing i know they're like making him coffee in the in the kitchen he's, he's going in there and making coffee with them so yeah it's uh no they, they have fun uh with everyone so it's uh i'm sure they would spoil spoil you all uh, speaking of being spoiled, CES uh, probably spoiled spoiled us as they provided some new uh, fun things that were announced. Uh, not so much Android Wear news, although I heard there's like a conference uh, coming up. I think it's next month. I, for, I forget which one. Uh, Mobile World Congress. Is, yeah. is that the one on there that they're going to be announcing some Android Wear? Uh, underwear. Yeah, that, that's that's usually when like all, all the really big phone announcements, phone announcements, and a lot of the tablet announcements happen in this uh, conference in Spain that is huge and nuts, and it's got tapas. So, so that's, <laughs> I've been, I've been that's there, where we're going. I've been hey. there twice, and so there. Why isn't Relay sending us? You know, <laughs> Mike, Stephen, if you're listening, we'd like to petition for three flights to a mobile <laughs> conference. Also accommodation. And again, another tangent, but you also have to understand that if you go to Mar Mobile World Congress, there will be ham everywhere. Oh, Barcelona, the like, this they is the are so <laughs> proud of ham. I was my, my hotel was like one of those hotels that was built for the Barcelona Olympics, and it was like maybe two blocks away from this like kind of mall, a very nice uh, upscale mall, and. You go to a mall in like America, and like every third stand is like an Orange Julius or like or or or, uh, or a big you know huge cinnamon bun place. Every third place is a, a ham kiosk where they want you to sample the ham. They have it's, and you will kind of figure out how do I get? Can I take home this? big side of parma ham if i just check it as an infant or <laughs> or, or or maybe a like an emotional companion animal or something if i buy like one of those vests for this ham <laughs> if i could say i i will i will I, I promise you sir or madam i will freak out if i don't have this big huge side of ham with me all the way back to boston uh, you know, I love ham and I love Android Wear updates, so I, I would I would be happy there. I'd be happy there. <laughs> yes. Um, but ho hopefully they come out with some some cool Android Wear news. Oh, I really come on Google. I hope Google announces it then. That would be super cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, Andy. Andy is not looking very hopeful. But things. No, no, that they, I'm, I, oh. I am, I'm hoping. I've got I've okay, got the money taped like, to the other side like of the a... desk for for the new Google. I I I don't know if it'll be Mobile World Congress. I I suspect that they'll do their own event because they can. They have the ability to do that. Just like Sam, you don't expect a Samsung phone to be necessarily released at Mobile World Congress because they can host their own event and That's get true. all the attention That's as true. opposed to some of it. But then they would just like have an Android Wear event, though, because then it would it would unless they're announcing something else that we don't know, that would be an interesting. Yeah, because well, they they, they want to remind people that Android Wear exists, given the <laughs> delay and no new hardware last year. So that, that so what so what a great opportunity to not only show off what Android Wear can do, but also not only re- release these two new watches that are supposedly coming out, but also all the different companies that have held off on their hardware until Android 2.0 came out. To say, hey, and look at all this. We got one that's kind of shaped like a fig, and we've got one where the this the the watch bands are all scratch and sniff, and they smell like a different country. Ooh, Canada must be Scotch Mountain Pines, and the sweat off the flanks of a Mountie horse. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what they. That's I'd wear that watch. I'm not. I'm not in marketing. Other people would have to do that. Make those decisions. <laughs> but but Sa- Samsung did have. A couple of really super cool and well, interesting announcements uh, to, to, to share at CES. Um, during their keynote, obviously, they started off <laughs> in, a, in a humble, somber mood, addressing that, okay, we got a lot of press that maybe we weren't looking looking to get this year. All right, if this is going to be a rebuilding year, let's just let's just say that. Um, they also interestingly said that they are going. They have been. Uh, they feel as though they know why uh, the Galaxy Note sevens were uh, were exploding, uh, and they're going to. Their report is almost finished, and they'll be making a public announcement. They'll be releasing things publicly. Um, the fact that they also uh, told us the, that uh, the Galaxy uh, S eight batteries uh, will still be supplied by Samsung SDI. Uh, these were the Samsung sister company, and their batteries were initially suspected to be the source of the problem, given that uh, their, their first fix for the problem was, okay, great, we had two suppliers, we are not going to ship anymore with uh, with uh, Samsung SDI batteries, and the problem was still there. Uh, right now, it seems that the, uh, if you talk to people, the prevailing theory seems to be that it wasn't the batteries themselves, it was how the batteries were packed. Uh, so if you put just like, I mean, lithium batteries are so flippin' twitchy. Um, I think I mentioned before that I've been designing this thing that I, this thing I want to build and it'd be so easy to power this with lithium, but after figuring out here's how, what you have to do to make sure you don't make things explode. It's like, you know what? Maybe I'll just have like 18 double A NICAD cells in here instead. Those don't want to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I did find one interesting thing in this article, Andy. It says, according to the investor, Samsung has completed its internal investigation and reported its findings to outside laboratories, including the Korea Testing Laboratory and UL. These results have not been shared with the press. And this is this is the thing that has fascinated people since the thing started exploding, is that I, I guess we all expected a few weeks into it, Samsung would be like, yeah, you know what? It turns out we wired the red wire to the blue one and the green one to <laughs> the, the red one. That, that was a mistake, you know, whoopsie. But... They have never really, apart from the whole initial recall, they've never really come out and said, this is exactly what caused this phone to explode. And you can have 100% certainty that we won't be making like that mistake again. It seems like, I don't know whether they're intending to release that news later or just, just release the next phone and go with it. They kind of have to. I mean, the, the, I think that everybody is confident that they're not going to let that get screwed up again but they have to say that no we're not just saying we're just going to trust to luck we're saying that we are we know exactly what happened here's what happened 
uh, be helpful to say here is why <laughs> this what happened was so odd that we're not idiots for not having not having predicted that was going to happen but they really have, that's the last piece of the puzzle before people start buying uh, these phones again uh, although people haven't really had a problem buying uh, the the regular Galaxy S7s because uh, those are still doing pretty strong but they have to they they have to do more than just say okay this is 2017 that was 2016 it's a whole different number and hopefully people will disassociate us from what happened last year so really they got to say here's exactly what happened also also I also, I would say, for the purpose of sharing with the entire rest of the industry, we are Samsung. We are a huge manufacturer. We put a lot of engineering into these things. We are not Andy Anatko, some stupid non-engineer trying to wire batteries into a into a laptop case. Even we've even we got tripped up, and here's what what how it tripped us up. Please don't let this trip you up as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely something like that. I, <laughs> I find it interesting, Andy. Have you been working on the Note 8? This sounds suspiciously like Andy has a secret <laughs> project. He's not. Uh, I, I mean, the other thing I find fascinating about this is we all assumed they'd, well, I assumed they dropped the Note branding. It sounds like from all the rumors, it's just going to be a Note 8 and they're going to keep going. They, they don't care. They're just like, on we go. And maybe people will forget. I mean, like you say, the S7, according to all the earnings reports and everything else, is still selling quite well. It doesn't seem to have made a huge dent in into um, you know Samsung's ability to sell new devices. I hope they didn't learn the. I hope the industry didn't learn the wrong lesson from this. Remember that <laughs> <laughs> all the carriers had to it's say, "Okay, remember, remember, this phone is going to exp- is a lot of these are exploding, and not like the comedy. Oh, isn't that wacky? Let me get the camera and take a picture. No, like damage and things burning down. So you really don't want to use this anymore. We will give you a free phone if you send it back. And that wasn't working. They said, "Okay, guess what? We're pushing an update to your phone that will make it stop working." <laughs> Which by not. <laughs> And not accept a charge. Please don't blow up your house. Yeah, please. But we it's don't so get shiny. We don't I love the sued. stylus. We don't want to get sued. Please, <laughs> please give it to it. Uh, speaking of items with stylus, the Samsung Chromebook Pro and Plus were also announced at CES. It has iPad-like thinness, 360 degrees. Uh, the screen can turn. It's uh, The screen is actually 12.3 inches, and it is at just 2.4 pounds, and it has all aluminum body uh for, this is sorry, this is the now, first you're you're Johnny, you're do the, do the entire thing do, do, do the thing where like you're you you've you've, you've committed 80 percent of the singularity you're you're about to leave your mortal body behind and become one with the cnc machine you gotta you gotta say it right I'm becoming one with the white background. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> the, this is the first Chromebook with a stylus. It, it was developed with Google's input, which can capture notes into Keep, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, the stylus is pressure sensitive with palm rejection, so you're not going to get any of those uh, funky uh, when you're writing, you know, and your palm touches it and then it, it triggers something else. Uh, the Chromebook Pro has an Intel Core M3 CPU, which can stream 4K. Uh, with four gigs of onboard memory and 32 gigs of local storage, and it starts at $549, which is, seems like a pretty good deal. I'm curious about the local storage, the 32 gigs, and if that's enough. Uh, but the Chromebook Plus has the same, but with an AR, ARM CPU for $449. So it's really not that, it's about $100 uh, cheaper. So it uh, depends on, I guess, your needs there. Uh, but this this thing looks pretty, pretty cool, uh, Andy. Have you had a chance to r- really kind of been looking at the stories and, and seen it? Ooh. 
I'm so excited about this. This is such a cool machine. It's like it really. Uh, I I wasn't at uh, CES, uh, but I've no. I have people who were there, and they were telling me that really this is a premium build thing. This isn't like a plastic hundred and fifty dollar Walmart Chromebook special. This is really the attempt of uh, of Google and Samsung to entice executives and working people to, well, instead of spending $700 for a Windows laptop that's super thin and gets long battery life and has a 360-degree swiveling screen and a touchpad and a multi-touch, why don't you spend a, a lot less money, get something that is as capable for what you want to do, and guess what? It's going to be able to run all Android apps because this is built around that feature, so it's not as though you'll be stuck uh, uh, stuck just with uh, uh, with online uh, web apps to, to make that work. Uh, it uh, it has the pretty much the same styling as a, as a giant note, same pen as a giant note. It's also pressure sensitive, so I don't know. Adobe's really aggressive at making all their apps work really great on whatever platform you want to make it work with, so I wouldn't be surprised if they have a new version of one of the mobile apps uh, that really takes advantage of that pressure-sensitive pen, uh, and don't and don't deny, uh, uh, don't uh, dismiss having this 360-degree screen if you haven't tried one, uh, because I the first time I tried one of those, it's like, oh look, so I can fold this the whole, fold the screen all the way down to the back of the uh, keyboard, and now I've got this kind of thick tablet that I don't want to hold as a tablet, uh, but sometimes you do want to use a machine that way. And also the ability to just like make it into just an A-frame and just stand it on the table or on the desk when you're just watching video or you're just doing a presentation or something. It's like, why doesn't every single laptop have that feature? Um, actually, to, to that uh, to that point, also they went to a uh, three, three to two aspect ratio screen. So it's more like an iPad sort of aspect ratio. It's not like that widescreen you often see on large uh, uh, Samsung tablets. So it really is a lot more... Uh, a lot more human oriented that way it, it really does look like they hit all the best notes here uh i'm with you i uh, I, I know that it's going to be available in local with more local storage than 32 gigs however uh, uh we don't know what the pricing is going to be on that i don't think that uh i don't know if i updated that i i, uh, I didn't see a ship date on it i think it's expected expected to ship sometime in the next month uh but yeah good Good gravy. I think that anybody who has, like, particularly someone who has, like, a really good, like, Windows or Mac laptop and has kind of been lusting after, gee, I wish I could get a MacBook Air for just something ultra light that lasts a super long time. It's like, oh, I got 500 bucks. I'm going to make another 500 bucks. I'll, I'll be using this. It's not like a game. It's, the, it's not like a toy. Um, oh, yeah, Russell found uh, online. Uh, the Chromebook Plus, which is the lesser of the two, uh, is 449 It's going to be shipping next, next month. That's the one I was thinking of. Uh, the Chromebook Pro is going to be available in 2017. Uh, well, I, I think that uh, I did find the price of 549 uh, yeah, for that. They didn't. I don't think they announced it during the same uh, during the main announcement that had to come out uh, a little while later. Uh, but uh, the, it's yeah, it is kind of weird that there's only a hundred bucks of a gap between the two because um, the uh, the uh, ARM processor that's in the less expensive one certainly completely capable. Um, someone who had a hands-on with the uh, with the ARM processor said that there was no lag, there was no stutter, played video just fine. I don't know if it's going to be able to handle 4K, uh, but now we're talking. But I, I think that we're in sort of untested territory when we're talking about running Android apps, where you're not just pushing bits out to the port and then slurping bits down from the port. You actually have to be able to do a lot of transforms 
on device. I know that uh, uh, Chrome OS has support for a lot of web-based graphics, but I don't know how that's going to how that's going to affect things. Um, this was also, I mean, really, that's one of the main stories of uh, CES, particularly for people who are interested in Google. Uh, really, where Chromebooks, people just uh, companies like Asus, who also came up with the uh, Chromebook Flip Two, very very similar to. Uh, the uh, Samsung device, $499, uh, flip touchscreen, uh, 2.6 pounds, uh, uh, 12.5 inch, uh, 1040, uh, 1080p display. This one has 4 gigs of RAM and 828 gigs of storage as stock. Uh, this one has a, seems to have a lot more ports, uh, two USB-C ports, a micro SD card reader, uh, and, pro- and projecting 10 hours of battery life. So, I think 2017 is going to be a great year for this. I can't wait to see how well running Android apps on Chrome uh, works because if it works half as well as I'm hoping it will, there are a lot of people that are going to say, well, why? I, I've got $900 to spend on a laptop, but why necessarily would I when I can spend half as much and have a machine that does everything I wanted to do? <laughs> I, I find it really interesting because – I mean, as as a lot of people that follow the industry know, like tablet sales have been on the decline. I know on the Google side and on the Apple side as well. It would be weird if the new tablet ended up being a touchscreen laptop that was just cheaper. You know, like four ninety nine, you get a touchscreen, you potentially get a stylus, you get all your Android apps. It's kind of a tablet with a keyboard attached to it. Like it seems like maybe I'm old, but it seems like the best of both worlds. We're we're we're, uh, we're going to get some. I'm not going to say hate mail, but some <laughs> tablet lovers that are they're going to disagree with you on that. <laughs> On that one, Russell. They'll, they'll be typing up their email and then the Nexus 9 will and freeze it, and they won't be able to hit send. Oh, too, too bad. It, it is a little bit of a challenge, though, because I, if there's anything that was that's going to drag me from a, a MacBook owner to a Windows notebook owner, apart from this horrible, horrible keyboard on every single new MacBook coming out, it's the idea that you have this flexible 360-degree design that just makes it – there are times where you kind of do want a touchscreen tab, a, a touchscreen laptop, times where you want a touchscreen tablet, and there are times where you want a notebook, and there are times where you just want, again, an A-frame so you can watch Netflix while you're having a big sandwich somewhere. Uh, and it's just so flexible. A lot of the other this – isn't, uh, this isn't a Windows podcast, but uh, Dell and HP uh, decided to start putting uh, those 360-degree hinges – it seems like in as many different laptops that they could make it work on, as opposed to, hey, we have a special line called the Yoga. It's now it's like, oh, actually, we have our prestige 13-inch notebook. We figured out that we can easily put a 360-degree hinge on that, so why not do that? So, yeah. And, and I will say that, you know, Android apps can be run on Chromebooks now, and I think that's that's a benefit for the tablet and Chromebook ecosystem. It means that there's going to be more, um, maybe more powerful or productivity apps that can be used because people are building them for for the Chromebooks, where it allows you to have it like a better environment to be able to do that stuff. And of course, you have the split screen uh, with Android 7.0, so that you can utilize that. So, I mean. The, the fact that you can run Android apps on the Chromebook, I think, is uh, a big improvement for even tablet fans. Uh, I guess those worlds are probably going to blend and mesh uh, pretty well because if you can run the same app, you know, there's, a, there's not a whole lot that uh, kind of separates those two depending on, on what you build. So um, I, think it's, I, I think it's cool. I hope that more uh, apps, robust productivity apps come out of this. Yeah, I will say, Yasmin, some, some other news came out as well. And 
I have to prefix this by saying I'm a huge Johnny Shee fan. He's president of the world as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what his official title inside ASUS is, but he does a lot of their product announcements and he's always famous for doing these really quirky things that I just find like so... I don't know, endearing I think is the word. Like he did one where he hands a phone to a guy in a video and the guy in the video takes the phone and he walks it through and then the guy in the video jumps back out afterwards. You have to watch some of this stuff. The original uh, pad phone announcement where it's a pad in a phone and the phone inside the pad rings and he puts his hand... Never mind, uh, I could go on for hours. But um, <laughs> they, they did announce one thing, which is they have the first phone that supports both Project Tango and Daydream All-in-One. It is the, I'm just looking up, the Zenfone AR, they've called it. They, they're great with names as well. Zenfone, Padphone, <laughs> I love these things. <laughs> but it, it's interesting that, that they've combined those two sort of Google projects in the one device. And the, the thing I find fascinating is on the back of it, the, you know where you normally have your camera sensor and like a little tiny LED, there's a huge bank of like sensors and LEDs and lenses and things that I, I don't know how well this phone will work like in, in real life. I don't know anyone that's actually had a hands-on with it yet. I don't know if Andy does, but... I just think it's cool that, you know, someone like Asus has blended that into two phones and that you can now buy that, you know, if you want. It's a proper commercial product. Yeah, especially if you're, like, deciding between the two, realizing, do I want a Daydream phone? Or, you know, I'm not sure there's a lot of people that are buying uh, Project Tango phones just because they they absolutely need it. But being able to provide it into one phone, you kind of don't have to choose. So I think that's, that's pretty neat. (laughs) <laughs> there is one other funny one. I have to cover this. It's probably not huge news, but the Zen 3 Zoom, only because when you go to Asus's official website, it's just covered in comparisons to the iPhone 7 Plus. It's like two and a half times more light than the iPhone 7 Plus, better portrait mode, better zoom. It's it's just like, yeah, okay. Like I guess if you <laughs> really want to go up against the iPhone 7 Plus, then that's, I don't fault you for that, Asus. You know, go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like... Uh... It's well. It's, it's fine. It's like I. I, I would actually more. I, I'd actually be happier with people. I, I, I'm. I guess here. here I guess here's here's the the, the way I want to put this. That there is the the really ex, really incredible like special bakery in New York that invented the concept of the cronut, the the combination croissant donut, and all power to them. That's wonderful. I'm sure they're the best. They were the original, but I like the fact that I can go to my local Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> and have, they figured out a way to do the exact same thing. Maybe not quite as well, but it's nearby and it only costs me like $2 and 30 cents and you can get them in Boston cream flavor, which I'm very, very much in favor of. Um, not, not, not a lot of really great uh, phone news. Mostly it's uh, mid-range camera, uh, mid-range phones like these, the ones that are very, very nice. And they, co- they only cost 250 uh, to 300 bucks. Um, the only, the only other, uh, I thought the pretty notable ones was that, uh, hey, Nokia, the wonderful, amazing phone maker that owned the world in the 1990s and 2000s, they came up with a brand new Android phone, and BlackBerry, the huge company uh, 10 years ago that owned the world back then before the iPhone came out, 10th anniversary, by the way, this week of the release of the iPhone, (laughs) and on this 10th anniversary, Nokia and BlackBerry came out with brand new Android phones, and if you're thinking, oh my god, that's great, I love, I used to love Nokia phones, the, the cameras they had, I always wish that their windows phone devices have really would bought would have bought one for ran android it's like yeah that's not really a nokia phone because the nokia just sort of like licensed the name to another manufacturer it's not it's not it's not like it's like polaroid where they'll put they'll they'll they'll, they'll 
put like their name on a defective light bulb uh, <laughs> and make it Polaroid brand. But it's not really – if the things you liked about Nokia, the things you liked about BlackBerry, they will probably not apply to these two phones. But you get to buy something new that has the logo on it. That's kind of Also, there, nice. there is something uh, interesting that Huawei's Mate 9 will be the first phone with Alexa pre-installed. So it's using Alexa as the digital assistant, which is actually pretty interesting because – you know, all the every Android phone usually kind of relies on Google and Google search. And yes, Google Assistant hasn't been brought to the other phones, like not even the Nexus devices. Uh, so it's interesting that these manufacturers are saying, hey, well, maybe we'll use Alexa, the, you know, Amazon's personal assistant. Uh, so yeah. it's, I, I don't know, is that, is that a ding at Google? I mean, what's, that, that's interesting, right? Well, I think the interesting part of CES is the entire thing was full of uh, Amazon Echo announcements, I should say. I don't want to set anyone's off. That <laughs> we don't want to buy any dollhouse. We don't want to trigger anybody here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the entire thing was yeah, Amazon Echo here, Amazon Echo here, in your car, in your this, in your that. It it does feel like they, they have that advantage. They got there first. They've been out for, you know, the longest amount of time and... I guess everyone else has to has to do some catching up now. Well, it is, a, I guess, like one thing that interesting to think about. So a lot of kind of the selling point of the Pixel is come get the Pixel. It's the newest phone by Google, made by Google, and you get the Google Assistant, right? Like it's almost seen as a selling point of people to upgrade. But now it's almost thinking about like now is it becoming a hindrance for people using your service because you're kind of limiting to your made by Google products, which is you can use the Google Assistant in Ello, but I will say this: there was a post out there that was that was saying, "Hey, let's compare the Google Assistant versus Siri and tell you how terrible it is." Well, please do not compare it to the Ello Google Assistant because that is not the true Google Assistant. The true Google Assistant <laughs> is found in the Pixel, and go find a device that it's actually not the has one this true too. Google Assistant. It's not the one true. I know why it's, it's a fake. so fragmented, it's a fake, but it's, it's uh, not the real Santa. It's not the real one. But anyways, and <laughs> rant, don't compare I anything guess. in Ello. Sorry, I know Ello is but. just like. Please, yeah, Ello is just, please, just forget it's a part of Google. Like, I'm just kidding, Ello team, worry, but please Go- do not compare it. <laughs> Google will forget soon enough. Oh. But I mean, so it is kind of interesting to see. It's like, all right, well, now you're not giving us the Google Assistant, so we're, we're going gravitating to Alexa. Um, it, it could be. I mean, it could, so it's a win for Amazon right now. They're they're kind of leading in terms of uh, you know Alexa and all the integrations because it's not necessarily tied to either Siri, which is tied to Apple, or you know Google. It's 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 also kind of interesting that uh, Google is uh, as we found out a few a few weeks ago with a uh, with an inter- uh, some conversations uh, that were published online with people who were current or former Google employees. There are a lot of uh, laws in, internationally that are set up ex- explicitly to control what Google gets to do. Uh, and when I saw this announcement, I was thinking, a yay for uh, yay for Amazon because it's a really really great and useful assistant. But I was also wondering if if possibly part of it was that. Uh, they know that they it's going to be useful for them to have assistant technology that does not rely on anything that Google makes in case they want to sell it in a country that uh, has problems with Google. China, for instance, uh, is famous but where uh, Google is the one big uh, tech company that basically told the entire the entire government of China saying, yeah, we're not going to change our entire service to turn this into a surveillance system or to <laughs> let's, let's not <laughs> I won't load the bases here. 
for whatever reasons that the fine, fine government of China wished Google to make some modifications to enhance the utility of that service for the purposes of the fine people of China, Google said something to the effect of go sit in your hat. Uh, and so that's why you don't use you can't use Google in China. It's not uh, part uh, work with the Great Firewall. So I think that stuff like that's going to become more yeah, and more operative as we I, go on in the yeah, future. I think that's that's one of the good things that a tech company so big, you know, has political responsibility sometimes as well. And I kind of support Google in in that one. I don't want to go too deeply into it, Andy, because I too love the People's Republic just as much as you do. And should they be listening? You know, two thumbs up from me. You're doing an amazing job, but. There's someone who's doing an even more amazing job, and that's the people at Ministry of Supply, and this episode of Material is brought to you by them. We all know that what it's like to spend over 40 hours a week in uncomfortable work clothing. These clothes are restrictive, they're unbreathable, not to mention by the end of the day, they're all wrinkled as well. You know, you spent ages ironing these things, and now they're not ironed anymore. So this is what Ministry of Supply fixes. They make performance clothes for the modern workday. Ah, sorry, modern workday. They make performance clothes for the modern-day workplace. They're, it was launched by MIT engineers... Ministry of Supply combines human-centric research, performance technology, and tailored design to create wear-to-work clothes for men and women like dress shirts, blouses, and pants. Their garments work with your body to provide maximum comfort, combined with features like temperature control, wrinkle resistance, and extreme stretch to give you a sharp, professional look all day long. So you might think, oh, what, what kind of stuff can I buy from them? So Ministry of Supplies, you know, one of the coolest things is they've got something called the Future Forward Dress Shirt, which has NASA-invented fibres that regulate body temperature based on your surroundings. I mean, NASA technology, who doesn't love that? And I have one of their sweaters, actually. I think in America you call them sweaters. Here we call them jumpers, and it, it is really cool. You know, it does when it gets cold, you know, you feel warm. When it gets hot, you don't feel too hot. I don't know what's in there. I don't know if, it, you know, what the NASA technology is, but it seems to work. You know, that's the main thing. Um, Ministry Supply also makes socks as well. So you've got the Smarter Dress Socks, which are made of coffee fibres mm, that wick sweat away and absorbs odour. They provide extreme cushion with more padding than a gym sock. So, you know, you're keen to find out more. You're like, what do I do? What do I do? Ministryofsupply.com slash material. And you'll get a free pair of moisture-wicking smarter dress socks with your first purchase. Just go to ministryofsupply.com slash material to find out more or visit any nine of their retail stores in locations including San Francisco, Atlanta and Chicago and mention this show. Just be, I, I have to I have to say a, a big vote for Ministry Supply T-shirts and like uh, 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 last year was the year that I or the summer that I discovered the idea that maybe I shouldn't be wearing like my usual cotton T-shirt under a cotton <laughs> cotton shirt with something cotton on top of it. Uh, it was, this was the first I was the first year that I was at uh, three days of New York Comic Con wearing nothing but like a Ministry Supply undershirt and like other like engineered to not keep you sopping wet <laughs> in sweat clothing. It's like oh my god. It's like I don't feel like I've just been pulled by my tail out of a sewer at the end of the day. I'm actually dry and comfortable. So if you're if you're if you're the usual uh, type of guy like I am, which is there's a three pack of these t-shirts for eight dollars. I bet there's some place I can get a ten pack for ten dollars. Sometimes it's good to have a couple of nice engineered pieces well, of clothing. Although, uh, in your there are phones well. that are not sporting the Google Assistant, there are other devices that are bringing the Google Assistant. Uh, we're seeing it that it's going to be coming to Android TV. Um, and specifically, NVIDIA Shield showcase that they are bringing the Google Assistant to their uh, 
their their media device. I don't want. I was going to say desktop device, but that's not that's not what it is. Their Android TV device. Um, an interesting thing about the I, and I'm going to let Andy speak about the Nvidia Shield because people have been asking Andy, have you had a chance to play with it? Do you recommend getting this one or the old one? Uh, but I did want to share one thing about the Nvidia Shield TV is that for the Google Assistant, you won't have to keep on repeating Hey Material, the voice command, to get uh, the, the Google Assistant to kind of pop up and keep on, on, on popping up. You can keep on having almost like a dialogue with it. So you will need the Hey Material to kind of activate the Google Assistant, but then you can have a continuous conversation with it uh, within that search. So uh, it looks pretty interesting. Um, it looks like it when first the NVIDIA Shield uh, gets goes out, it won't ship with Google Assistant, but it will be later activated, uh, which is pretty neat. I know they also came out with these kind of, uh, what do they call it, the Spot, the NVIDIA Spot, which has the Google Assistant mic and speaker, which is kind of like a small echo. Uh, so it's interesting that these that the Google Assistant came to these devices. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's the secret sauce that Google wants to extend its domination over all of us and subjugate our wills with. But yeah, it was, it was good news for me. I, uh, I like the NVIDIA Shield first generation so much that I, after three months, like, okay, I'm using this pretty much every day as one of my primary TVs. I'm going to have to buy one. Uh, and it turns out that there's lots of, hey, look, it's so much more compact now. And now uh, for 199 bucks, you actually get the remote control that they used to charge 30, 40 bucks extra for. But the more I dug down into it, it's like, no, it's pretty much exactly the same hardware. All of the new accessories, uh, including the brand new game controller, uh, will also work with the original NVIDIA Shield. All of the software features and software updates that are coming, uh, that will come with the new Shield, will also be available as an update, uh, software update for the original Shield uh, on the day that the new hardware uh, ships. So really, you're not missing out on anything. So if you bought one and you think, oh man, I wish I held out a few a few extra weeks no problem as a matter of fact uh, if you are really really super hot to own one and you don't want to wait uh, number one i would advise you to think about the emptiness that is inside you that forces you to want to fill this with a material good as opposed to waiting just a few weeks to buy it when this new thing ships but that's not the the the, the that's not the, the the remit of this show uh but yeah i, I would have no issue with buying uh first generation hardware if you got a good deal on it right now uh all you will miss out on is that you will not get the remote the tv remote control for free uh but if someone happens to be like closing out their first generation hardware uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, the the first generation hardware has a, an SD card slot, which the second generation does not. Uh, Nvidia said that they found out that pretty much nobody was using it, so why even bother putting it on there to begin with? But no, you're perfectly uh, free. Say, again, same hardware inside and out, you're good. So we got uh, now. Uh, this is something that I hope we I hoped we were going to have time to uh, uh, to to talk about. Uh, Sundar Pichai uh, went back home to his alma mater, his, his the college that he graduated from, uh, and spent some time in India for a lot of Google business, but also talked to the students there. Uh, so he was at the, at the uh, collection of students at the Indian Institute of Technology, Kharagpur, uh, and... Uh, first of all, there's the adorable story he told. It was, it was sort of a town hall sort of thing, not a welcome graduates and look to this day as the first beacon of a shining new dawn. It was more like, hey, let's let's talk. I'm a successful graduate, and you can you know, pick my brain for stuff. Uh, he, he said that the first uh, the, uh, talked about it being a freshman at the school. So after his first two weeks, uh, somebody shouted. 
Uh, I'm going to spell it just in case it's something very, very nasty and in case I'm going to be misspelling it anyway, mispronouncing it anyway. Uh, A-B-E, and then the second word, S-A-A-L-A. Someone just shouted at them from, from a distance. And he was from a different part, different region. He didn't speak much Hindi, and he thought it was just a greeting, something you shout at someone as you're going by. Uh, I, did, I, put, I put that through Google Translate, <laughs> and Google Translate says it means you idiot. So he started, but he didn't know that. So he started like using that as a greeting all throughout the campus for for for, for another couple of weeks. He said, "The next thing I knew, the folks in the mess hall were quite upset and they <laughs> shut down the mess." I wasn't very popular that day, and the, and the rest of it is. I, I I encourage you. There'll be the link in the show notes. I really encourage you to to read about this. I think it was the Times of India we were following around, and a it's the touching thing of seeing someone who really has still close emotional connections to his college, just like a lot of us uh, alumnuses have, uh, but also the way that he was trying to clearly take all of these really high intensity, panicky, career focused students who were like, I'm, this is, I, I've, this, this is such an, I don't want to blow this opportunity. I have to spend all my time getting the best grades. And he basically turned into, you know, the, the, the dude saying, you know, man, I mean, you know, you got to make time for having fun. I mean, I, I cut classes, man. So like, what, don't, don't sweat it, man. Just think about what you want to do, man. So you be well-rounded. So that was, uh, you think that he got, he gave a lot of advice that good advice that day. Uh, it was fun. I, you know, I follow him on Twitter and so he was actually posting some pictures and he had some pictures of uh, him visiting his dorm room, which was which was pretty cool. I think, you know, it's one of those things where you are now the CEO of Google, one of the largest companies uh, in the world and kind of going back to where you came from. Um, so it must have been a really neat uh, opportunity for, I mean, the students there, but ultimately even for him to just kind of be a part of Hey, th- this is kind of the my foundation. This is uh, where I came from, and um, you know they're they're doing a lot of initiatives in India to to bring you know digital skills training and tools and Wi-Fi to everyone in the country. So um, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty cool to see him going out there, and uh, I'm pretty sure everyone was pretty pretty excited. And Sundar, if you're listening, I still have <laughs> nutties. <laughs> I still, still have nutties. Wait, wait. I was cleaning out my office. Listen, I was cleaning out my. I was. I still have nutties. So I was cleaning out my office, and I found the nutties, and I was like, "Oh my After goodness!" After searching for photos of bananas, I still have nutties yes, here. Found the nutties. <laughs> Sundar, <laughs> Sundar, can I just say, as a, as a parenthetical, we we hope that you accept these as a token of our love for you personally and the work you do for Google. They are meant to be looked at with yeah, uh, please don't a certain eat them amount of we gratitude. Care and then, about your and then, yeah, because they 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 were they they were none too fresh when I sent them to 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 Yasmin. I think they've probably turned into something rather exciting uh, in the time that she's had them. Google has done the impossible. They have Yasmin wanting a minivan. Uh, I never thought I'd said that I'd, I'd, these words would be coming out of my mouth, but Google... I want a minivan. Uh, so they, so Google has uh, announced that they're, you know, the Waymo, which I guess maybe maybe not Google, but Waymo has has done the uh, impossible. They have now released their self-driving minivan, uh, which they have some really like the the bonus news about this whole thing is that they were able to get their own in-house solution with the radars, vision system, sensors, yada yada, all that stuff down to 90% less than it would have cost them from their supplier. So that's like the, the big thing that's coming out of uh, Waymo. 
Yeah, that, that, that is huge because you can't – you start off with whatever the rest of the car is going to cost and then you have to put this big $75,000 Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket on the top of the car. That's not something that's going to be transportation for the masses, is it? Uh, but this one has uh, the uh, uh, the minivan that they're making, part of that 100-unit 100, uh, 100 uh, delivery they're doing for this first uh, test, uh, has like multiple LIDARs. Uh, we saw some at uh, CES. A couple of companies also demonstrating self driving car technologies and they could afford to have maybe one quarter of the sensors uh, that these minivans are going to have which means that can't has only one quarter of the eyesight it's a very a, very much a mr magoo sort of view towards not killing cyclists and uh, and pedestrians pushing strollers uh, so yeah that's that's a pretty big deal uh, and also as a way to uh, during the keynote he's also trying to indicate uh, how much better uh, the relationship between these self-driving cars and their humans have become uh, saying that in 2015, uh, Waymo test drivers uh, turned off the self-driving features uh, 0.8 times per thousand miles. And in 2016, that was reduced to 0.2 times. Uh, so I don't know what that means, whether that's minutes or miles told, but either way, they're trying to say that there's, <laughs> there were, there were a few drivers like, ah, give me the steering wheel, give me the steering wheel. Someone re- made a really good point about this that, you know, you think about, man. okay, the minivan. Yeah, I think about the minivan. The, the minivan. Do you know the minivan? <laughs> the minivan. Uh, the minivan. Why, why is Google, do you know the minivan? Uh, why is Google investing on, on like the minivan making that car? And they were saying, you know, this minivan can seat seven people. Could this be a road into them releasing their own self-driving, uh, you know, car competitor to Uber and Lyft uh, for ride sharing? So... It would be this. This could be. This could be it. Yeah, people who are kind of skeptical about self-driving cars, uh, I put it to you like this: every single technology <laughs> that has told a large business or a large industry, this technology will allow you to fire a lot of people. They've boy have they backed that technology with investment and and funding and research. Uh, and this is a technology that says anything, anytime you have to pay somebody to drive a car, we will let you fire that person and replace it with hardware. I'm, I know it sounds harsh, but this is I think that is literally true. That every time that offer has been made, it's been taken up. So this is why if if there's a minivan, it might not it might just because be because we needed lots of we need lots of uh, height over the road surface to make this safe. But I think they're really are looking for a van that can take lots of people. Uh, another cool thing that were things that were shown off uh, both at the auto show this week and at CES last week were a lot of concept designs for self-driving cars, and they're less the hey look the steering wheel is actually like an inflatable T-bar that retracts and shifts when it's in self-driving mode, and more like you walk into what is essentially a really small train compartment with seats that all face towards the center, and there's like a mini bar and there's a foosball table because nobody inside this compartment is going to be responsible for driving, so we may as well just even get rid of uh, the steering column yeah, and stuff definitely. like that. So it could go in a lot of different directions. Mine would be a bed, bed and, and a, desk. a desk. It's like a sleeping That's desk. All I it's like a it's a working office. Forget the standing desk. The sleeping, sleeping desk, desk is where it's at. I could use both. <laughs> yeah, it's you a can get sleep desk and work at the same that's time. Where it's going. Genius. Listen, exactly. Either either I can leave a little bit early from the office, you know, get some work done at the desk. Or am I going into work? I can continue. Oh, we'll say about self-driving cars. Like just today, as we were recording, uh, Tesla announced that they'd hired Chris Latner, who's been he was Apple's head of engineering for like ten years, I think. It 
he's yeah. the kind of guy that doesn't just he's like oh time to retire time to go somewhere no he's really sort of you know focused on the low level details of stuff he's super about you know the the intricacies of like code and whatever he's created you know swift among other things the the new language sort of out of apple and for someone like that to go to tesla and be the head of you know their autopilot division this thing is coming and it's it's coming i think a lot sooner than most people realize i know we've been talking about self-driving cars for you know 10 15 20 years but it feels like realistically it's only a few years away from you know when these things can completely and utterly you know drive themselves and you know from there to it becoming the norm i don't i don't think it's a huge gap and it's like andy says a ton of businesses are interested in this because self-driving cars have the potential to one you don't have to pay people but the even more important part from logistics and a lot of the mining industry does this already like a lot of their stuff is already automated because the computer can drive the truck far better than a human can and they can save them a ton of costs you know and repairs and fuel and navigation and everything else and it's i know that sounds mean sounds like oh technology is going to kick you out of a job and that is potentially you know a big sort of sad thing for society but from a business perspective like this is coming if people can save you know huge amounts of money and make things more efficient you, you know they will yeah i mean <laughs> It's really something to consider. I, this is going to put a lot of people out of out of work, and so I think uh, they were saying it's it's uh, it's automation that's going to end up putting a lot of people out of work because if you can automate it, you can get a robot to do it. Yes, there's going to be a larger investment up front, but that means that you don't have to pay someone uh, for for their work for X amount of years and salaries and all that. So. It's uh, it's technology. It's one of those things that like I love, but then I also you think about the stuff that it is doing and how can it improve and also hopefully not, I guess, uh, screw so many people out of jobs. You know, I mean, it's, it's almost the inevitable though. Like, I guess, anyways, it's a whole big discussion that (laughs) people should be having. Yeah. And, and we, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, uh, ignore the effect on, uh, on labor, especially as labor is having a harder and harder time uh, over the past X number of years and any, any X number of years in the future. Um, I'll just, I'll, we'll say this, that's like, um, there are two supermarkets, uh, kind of in my town one, but they're both regional chains. One is a small regional chain. The other is a large regional chain, but they're not, you know, Walmart. They're like, you know, you wouldn't know them, the, the names outside of, uh, outside of New England. And, the reason that I shop at one and not the other, and it came to me when I realized that there is at the place where I shop, there are no automated checkouts. Every single lane is staffed by an actual human being who checks your who, who checks your groceries, and that really opened up a lot of oh. So obviously they could they at some point they got the same sales pitch that everybody else gets like well we could actually instead of paying four people or five people you can actually pay maybe one of them just to sort of stand by for anybody who's having trouble during the self and they said no we want to hire we want to pay four or five people to man these and and I'll be darned you find out that uh, I've looked more into this company that these are they tend to retain their employees for a long time. They get great benefits. Uh, they're almost never surly from my experience. Uh, and you really have to, and it, it, you have, uh, it does, it, the groceries do cost a little bit more. Fortunately, I can afford to spend a little bit more on groceries, but I feel a little better knowing that I've dealing with, a, I'm giving my money to a company that really values labor. Yeah, there, there is something to say that, like we, oh, I'll just say the the name where they're not sponsoring us. We go to Trader Joe's to shop for some of our groceries and like 
everyone there is just so pleasant. And in what you said, Andy, there is no automated like self-checkout. And even when I go to, um, to Target, you know, they have the self-checkout, but then they also have the, like the automated or the self-checkout, but then they also have people. And I, and I've actually like, because you go there so often, you kind of build these friendships in a way. I'm like, I don't know if they remember me, but I remember their face because they've checked me out uh, so many times, but there is something about, uh, shop going into a store and kind of having that human interaction. I know that sounds terrible for a lot of you because I will say that like I do order a lot of like Amazon Prime now and uh, you know Postmates because I just want stuff to get delivered to me and I don't have to think about it. But when I do end up going to the store, it's because of the value that I'm getting. And also like if the people are friendly there, I am most likely able to like willing and wanting to go into the store. If not, I don't want to even step foot. F- philosophical question though, and I come at this from a tech angle. Ooh, what, okay, if, okay, okay. what if the self-checkouts at these stores were a million times easier? Because the, the reason I don't use them is not just because I want someone employed. It's also because it's annoying. You put stuff in the bagging area, scan stuff through here. Like I'm like, oh, if I make a mistake. Put the stuff on the scale, yeah, I'm like, If I make a mistake, I have to call the assistant bagging. over and what? suddenly <laughs> like that's, that's my worst nightmare. Like, I'm, I'm very British that way. Yeah. But what if it was more like the, the store, the Amazon demo, where you pull it off the mm. shelf, you put it in your bag and you walk out. Like I wonder how many people that are all, you know, touching feely about staff and whatever else if they could have that level of convenience where i just pick up the product put it in my bag then i walk out of the store like how many would actually take that experience on i think that's what's coming with self-driving cars it's it's that inevitability of it's 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 easier it's faster it's more efficient it's cheaper like it's all those things combined into one i will say that yeah, sometimes if one reason I choose to go to one grocery store versus the other one, like when I have to go to the other grocery store that has maybe that item that I can't get at Trader Joe's, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to uh, kind of deal with the whole long line of stuff, even like the the self-checkout lines. You, there's a line and there's a lot of people and you have to navigate that. So I guess if I could just go into the store, put something in my bag and walk out without getting arrested. I mean, you can do that now. Yeah, it's just the whole arrested part that's a bit awkward. <laughs> I mean, I could do that now, but I just, I might get arrested. Uh, it, it's definitely interesting for sure. It, yeah, the whole thing is people, the people that are employed. I just have to say, I do have to, I do have to say though that um, as much as I've been painting myself in this wonderful, wonderful holy light, oh, isn't, isn't it? He cares about the people that are employed. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I justify how I sync that up with the fact that I do shop at Amazon, who don't treat their their non-staff people extreme uh, very well, particularly during the holiday, uh, and uh, a and a, a retailer that is also kind of kicking <laughs> local stores in the teeth. Uh, it's it's always a case of balance where I don't wish anybody ill. But on the other hand, if I have the choice between getting exactly the – when there's a product that it's exactly the thing I want as opposed to shopping at a local mall and they'll sell me a shoe that's kind of the – sneaker that i want but it's not really the size or the color but i'll make it i'll 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 just buy it a half size larger every time that i wonder if there's a if there's a really big future for street level retail i look at this i look at the the shoes i've bought over the past year and a half two years over the internet and realize that these are the this is the first era in my life where I've had shoes that are the exact perfect right size. That now they last two years because they don't burst through the sides because I bought a, a pair that's a little bit too size, or I don't have like little like elf shoes that curl up at the top because <laughs> I had to buy a size too big. And I think, oh, they've got to solve that problem. Yeah, it's about what's in stock, and there's a there's a whole lot that I guess the psychology of shopping. Um, which is which is the name of my yeah, new I mean, book by the way, into, which can be purchased yeah, on Amazon.com. The Amazon. psychology of shopping, 
I'm pitching it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's so many good discussions on automation. It'll be, I know I, I always end a story with, it will be interesting to see what happens in the next coming years, but we really are in the state of like society where, it, like if you think about just where we were even like 30 years from now, it's just kind of like, it feels like light years away. And so when you think about uh, where we're going to go in the future, like technology is advancing so fast. Uh, it just get get me to Mars. That's all I got to say. Get me to Mars. They probably won't let you form a union on Mars either because it's going to be <laughs> oh. the big corporations that can afford to terraform it. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the movie Wall- <laughs> Wall-E, right? That's a documentary. The, the person who runs, by and large, is just Elon Musk. That's how it starts. <laughs> and when was the last? Do you know how much? Do you know how much overtime Wally has been pulling as the last robot? You know, so they just kept getting. Oh, are we gonna? Are you gonna replace it and have more robots? No, no, no. Wally seems to be able to okay doing triple, quadruple, quintuple shifts. You see? Yeah, I mean, really, who's looking out for Wally? Who is looking out for Wally? Well, I, I am. I, uh, Wally, if you can hear me, raise high the red <laughs> banner of revolution. Rise up against your oppressors. You don't have oppressors. to make those little cube things. You don't have to stack them. You can spend you know, your free time doing what you want. But maybe it gives Tell them Mr. purpose. Tell Mr. Bai and Mr. Large where <laughs> to stick it. You control the means of production, Wally. You control the means of production. You do it, Wally. <laughs> you do it. Rise up. I want to thank everyone for listening and uh, tuning in every week. Andy, where can people find you helping Wally escape? the world he's in <laughs> no i don't want to intimate that i'm one of those big like spherical like fat people in a little in, in the little baby uh, uh, uh anti-gravity chairs so i am i am drinking a soda right now but that has nothing to do with it i'm, I'm actually talking on a screen as well that. i can just put I can that out there move under my own power oh my goodness Relati- we rel- are relatively living speaking. in the world of uh, yes, but the uh, the price of, of admittance to the Anatko Fun Ride is uh, spell my last name. I'm Anatko on Twitter, Anatko on uh, on Instagram. I'm also at Anatko.com on my blog, or you can go to SunTimes.com, the Chicago Sun Times, where I write for money. And uh, Russell, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at RustyShelf on Twitter or RustyShelf.org is my uh, website. I don't. I don't get any money. That I should probably fix that part of the equation. And I will also say, also say, I don't know if it's Andy or Yasmin, but someone put into our show notes that happy 10th birthday to our friend, the iPhone. You know, came out 10, 10 years ago yesterday, I think. Would as it of this really recording. be Yasmin? It, yeah, okay. Would it, it was really Andy. Be <laughs> <laughs> it was never going to be Yasmin, <laughs> but... It, I just we're we're, we're we're trying to wrap up. I was, I was I was listening to the keynote in which Steve Jobs announced the the the, the iPhone ten years ago, and one says, and we he said we are we are five years ahead of any other company, and that was the first time I realized that my God, he was kind of spot on because it wasn't until like 2013, 2014 that Android phones, both hardware and software wise, really started to get their act together. So it really did take five or six years for there to be a phone that was as good no, as yeah, the but iPhone. But there's a ton of interesting stories that if you uh, look around the internet you can find about the original android team sitting through that announcement and what that what they thought afterwards because because that they'd obviously been already yes. developing android it was already work in right. progress there was already like you know yeah and then the iphone came out <laughs> just silently <laughs> silent, imagine silently someone just walks over to this whiteboard picks up an eraser and methodically erases everything <laughs> they have written on that board for the past three years it's like so didn't, wasn't there for my kid's birthday, first oh. birth, my birth, first birthday, first steps. Oh well, oh, well. thanks. <laughs> Start all over again. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. 
And you can find me at, at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. You can find us on the web at, at Material Podcasts on Twitter as well. And also on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. Send us feedback, materialpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay material. Go ahead, honey. Let's close on that mortgage. I just been hired on oh. Google's mobile physical keyboard <laughs> engineering team. That job will never be never be eliminated. <laughs>